Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast. This is our favorite show of the year. This is where Ed and I get to make some of those fearless predictions about who the best player in the draft is. We run through each positions and, uh, you know, we talk about most overrated players, guys that are not going to be able to live up to that hype. And in order to put this show into perspective, we have to go back to last year. We want to talk about some guys that we hit on and some guys that we missed on. We assess the situation, we analyze it, and we try to get better every year. So I want to praise you, Ed. Last year, Justin Herbert was your boy. I mean, you were on his bandwagon. You certainly didn't put him ahead of Joe Burrow as your best quarterback, but you were always talking about your guy, the Oregon quarterback, Justin Herbert, who won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you po- pointing that out. I mean, I think he was the guy who I watched since his sophomore year, and I, I really think he put a lot of things together, you know, in his college career. I thought he was, you know, hitting on a lot of attributes, and I think uh, the one thing is, is he got better with his uh, internal clock uh, in his college career, and I think that's why he became a good prospect and why he really uh, hit, or you know, as a, as a first-year rookie in the NFL. And just to put this into perspective, Justin Herbert was the third quarterback picked in in last year's draft. He went behind Joe Burrow. He went behind Tua. And the Chargers, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. The Chargers needed a quarterback, and they basically stayed put at number six and, and took their guy. And Justin Herbert was that guy at number six. There's no need to make that trade and go up to number three. Yes, I'm talking about you, the San Francisco 49ers. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself because we remember the Chicago Bears making a massive trade to get Mitchell Trubisky or Washington, you know, going up and trading up with the with the Rams and, and getting RG3. It certainly worked out for that rookie year, but it, it didn't work long term. As far as the players that I am proud of that I hit on in last year's draft, my best player at the cornerback position was C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida. He certainly was having a good year before he went down with an injury. Everybody had Jeffrey Okuda, and I thought he was he was overrated. And I chose C.J. Henderson, so I pat myself on the back for that one. Antoine Winfield Jr., the the safety from Minnesota, was one of my most underrated players that I'm proud of. He solidified Bucks secondary and and won a Super Bowl. Guys that I missed on, um, I went through the list. Mikai Becton, the offensive tackle from Louisville. Uh, Patrick Queen, a linebacker from LSU who went to the Ravens. And uh, your guy, Chase Claypool. And the question was, who is least likely to live up to the combine hype? And I chose the the big stud wide receiver from Notre Dame, which turned out to be a, a big time miss for me. Now we're going to move on to the 2021 NFL draft predictions. And we're going to start with quarterbacks. Everybody wants to find out who your favorite quarterback is, who your most underrated quarterback is, and who is your most overrated guy. So let's 
Let's start with the best player at quarterback in this year's draft. My best is uh, probably going to surprise a little bit of a few people if you haven't heard the last show. I'm going to go with Zach Wilson from BYU, and I just I just see a little bit more upside. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean I'm I'm going to reveal you know how I would kind of play the first pick, but you know Zach Wilson kind of has the upside. Um, you know that's kind of ability to scramble outside the pocket, make the big play. You know, especially if the offensive line breaks down a little bit. Um, I think that's really why I have Zach Wilson number one. Uh, my most overrated is Sam Ellinger uh, from Texas. I really liked his traits, you know, early in his career, but he never really improved. Um, you know, he's a, he's he's you know a guy with a lot of starting experience. I kind of have my concerns about him. I think he's, you know, I think he's probably like a late round pick, like a day three pick as a quarterback. To add to that, I mean, you know, he has plenty of starting experience. So to be honest with you, I mean, maybe he's a he's a backup in the league somewhere, but um, you know, I don't see the upside. And then uh, most underrated is Mac Jones, uh, quarterback from Alabama. Um, I see a guy with a really quick internal clock. I see a guy who's very intelligent, uh, very confident in himself. You know, he was a big producer. He wasn't a big name in Alabama. You know, he wasn't a highly touted recruit. But, you know, he went, he went in there and, you know, he dominated. He put up great college numbers. He just interests me in the fact that he can really help you in an up-tempo offense. You can make a case right now that Mac Jones is overrated if he's going to be drafted number three overall. I mean, with all due respect, right? If we were talking about Mac Jones is underrated if he was going to be taken in the 20s. Now people are pushing him up in the top five, top three, and I don't think he's underrated anymore. The secret is out. So it's interesting that you still included him in, in this category. I'm not going to overthink it. The, the best player at the quarterback position is Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's got the size. He's got the arm strength. He's got the dual threat ability. He has good athleticism. He's got a strong arm. He's a winner. I mean, he's 34-2 and two throughout his career at Clemson. Yes, he was surrounded by great talent, but most successful quarterbacks are surrounded by, by great talent. And uh, he's a winner. He's a leader. He's a guy that has gotten better throughout his career. And it's kind of, I mean, if you're getting like the next Peyton Manning, possibly, it's tough to pass on that. I realize that Zach Wilson is the new kid on the block, and I like him as well. I do. But there's no way that I'm going to take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. And, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing the right thing here. As far as overrated, I'm going to go with Kyle Trask. I liked his story throughout the college football season. I liked Florida. And I was just pumping him up and the entire team throughout the year because it was a great story. I wanted, you know, Alabama to get beaten by them. And so we get a new uh, team out of the SEC. It didn't happen. The most important thing is decision making. As a quarterback, you have to make good decisions. And Kyle Trask struggles with that. And I'm not saying he put up a lot of picks throughout his career, but decision making is, is a weakness for him. He likes to kind of throw the ball up to his playmakers. In college, it works. In the NFL, you're going to come down with a lot of interceptions. He doesn't throw the ball with enough anticipation, considering that he doesn't have a strong arm. So yeah, Kyle Trask, wherever he goes, I think he's a day two pick. Uh, I think he is he's definitely overrated. Underrated, I was thinking about putting Kellen Mond here, but I decided to go way, way off the radar screen. I'm going to go with Shane Bouchel from SMU. I think as a, as a late round guy or as even an undrafted free agent, he's an intriguing developmental piece. I, 
I like I think he has an above average arm. He throws a nice deep ball. He throws it with anticipation. He started a lot of games throughout his career. Do I see holes in his game? Yes. A lot of promising things that I think give me an opportunity to say that this guy has a chance to develop into a solid backup quarterback. And I'm not saying starting quarterback, but a backup quarterback. Move on to the running backs. My best player at the running back position is Javante Williams from North Carolina. I love his uh, his balance. He's He's got exceptional balance. He breaks a lot of tackles. He runs over people. He's kind of a, a poor man's Adrian Peterson because Peterson used to run over folks at Oklahoma. And Javante Williams certainly showed that during his uh, junior season. Less tread on his tires than the other top guys. He's got low tread on his tires. He's a good receiver coming out of the backfield. He's physical. He runs with good leverage and power. Keeps his pad level down. I just, I'm a big fan of Javante Williams. As far as overrated, I was trying to go with the sexy name, you know, top back in this draft class, but I like the guys. So I decided to go with the next guy that I think is being overrated by a lot of people is Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. I just don't see it. He doesn't break tackles, goes down too easily. Uh, He can't create on his own. I mean, if the hole is wide enough, he's going to hit it. Uh, He's not athletic. I mean, he doesn't have big time speed. I've seen Jefferson being you know, rated by a lot of people as a fourth, fifth round pick. I think he's an undrafted free agent who's not going to make your team. So as far as underrated, I'm going to go with another UNC back. I like Michael Carter. He's a smaller guy, but very elusive in the open field. He's got great acceleration once he gets the ball um, in open space. He is an excellent receiver. He's got soft hands. He runs good routes. He's just a playmaker, and you can put him back there as a kick returner, and he's going to help you. So versatility is the name of the game for Michael Carter and another UNC guy that I like a lot. My number one is Najee Harris. Um, You know, with the athleticism he has, the height, ability, the production, um, he has to be my number one. I think he's actually a first-round value on a lot of teams' boards. Um, which is hard to do as a running back. So I'm going to go Najee Harris as my number one. Uh, most overrated, I got Chuba Hubbard, uh, Oklahoma State. It's not so much his production or his ability as as it is more just the fact that he's taken a lot of hits. You know, he's kind of been that bell cow for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The number of reps you get in college kind of hurting you in the NFL. So Chuba Hubbard's my most overrated. My most underrated is Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. Um, this guy dominated some games. Uh, for the Buffalo team. So I'm going to go with uh, Jarrett Patterson. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Always an interesting debate. We both love pass catchers. Uh, it's always, we do scouting reports on like, you know, 75, 100 guys when it comes to wide receivers because it is an exciting position. So let's start with your um, best player at the position. My number one, I got Devonta Smith uh, from the Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, guy who won the Heisman Trophy as a, as a wide receiver, that really impresses me from a college production standpoint. He also has the traits on tape. Uh, he's a little undersized, but you put him in the slot, and I think he's going to win matchups. My most overrated, I've got Jamar Chase from LSU. Um, I think the big concern with him is the route running. Um, until he fixes his route running, I don't know if he's going to live up to his uh, billing. I mean, he's considered you know a top-five pick. Um, that concerns me. Most underrated, I've got Rashad Bateman from Buffalo. Um, you know, I really like his 
his route running ability. He's got the height. He you know he can be versatile in the offense. Uh, this is you know a guy I really like. I love it, Ed. That you went with Jamar Chase as your most overrated guy. I mean, you and I have debated this for for weeks. Talked about Chase before. I'm, I love it that, that you put him out here. Certainly one of the more overrated players in this draft. If you're talking about it. A top 10 pick and but um my best player at the wide receiver position is also no surprise i, I like Devonte smith um i love his route running his ability to attack the ball and he always came up big on the biggest stage in the biggest games even during his senior year when people knew that the ball was coming to him and that just tells me that the, the guy knows how to get open he's got great short area quickness and He's an excellent receiver and uh, excellent route runner. As far as overrated, I mean, again, I'm I'm on the Jamar Chase bandwagon. For some reason, I predicted that the, you were going to put him in this category, so I'm trying to liven it up a little bit. I also believe Jamar Chase <laughs> is overrated, but I think there's another player that I believe is even more overrated than Jamar Chase, and that, to me, is Kadarius Toney. And it seems like I'm... I'm picking on the Florida Gators. I am always weary of players that break out during their senior years. And that just, that really bothers me. And I know that I've, most of the guys that break out during their senior year, you never hear from them again in the NFL. There are exceptions like Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin proved me wrong. But Kadarius Toney, explosive, yes. He's a playmaker, yes. You can use him on jet sweeps, and you can have him as a kick returner or a punt returner, and he's explosive in space, but he's not a good route runner at this point. He's kind of a one-trick pony. I don't see it. I mean, people are getting excited. I get it. The athleticism, the speed. I have worries that, that this guy, again, once he gets to the NFL, we'll never hear from him again. So I think Tony is even more overrated than Jamar Chase is. As far as underrated, I don't think it's a surprise to folks that listen to this podcast on previous shows. I've I've stated that I'm a big proponent and a big fan of this wide receiver. It's Amon Ross St. Brown from USC. He's got good hands. He's a precise route runner. He's strong for his size. I think this guy is going to dominate in the slot. Move on to the tight ends. Alex, what's your tight end group? All right, the best player on the board is Kyle Pitts. I don't think it's any surprise here. Uh, I think he is everyone's number one after the season that he had for, for the Florida Gators during his junior season. The, the immense potential that he brings to the NFL as a prospect. He's got it all. I mean, there's I don't think there are any weaknesses in his game. The only thing you could say is maybe he's got to put on about 5, 10 more pounds to his frame as far as overrated i'm gonna go with trey mckitty from georgia and he was a florida state before a lot of people are excited just because they they see his frame they see his you know catching radius his large hands he's never produced whether it was a georgia or a florida state this guy never realized his potential as far as underrated i really had a tough time with this i went through the list and i was like who am i gonna have in this category i went with briley moore from kansas state i just think he is he's got good hands he's successful um you know getting yards after the catch he's physical he played at kansas state his last year after transferring from northern iowa and i just think he can succeed as a number two tight end so for my tight end group i mean we've kind of raved about him already uh kyle pitts 
My most overrated is Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. I think the problem that I've seen in his game is the attributes are just not as good as they make them sound. I, th- I do think he's a pretty good blocker. He does flash as a good blocker, but you know, as a pass catcher, he really isn't the receiver that I want him to be if he's going to be picked on day two. Most underrated, I've got Pat Fryermuth uh, from Penn State. What I like about him is he's got the complete package. I think he's actually the most complete uh, tight end in this draft, and he might even be... I've heard the comparison to Heath Miller. Uh, Maybe that's a little strong, but I definitely think he is the complete package. All right, let's uh, let's go with offensive tackles, Ed. The best offensive tackle on the board is is not going to surprise many people. Yeah, I got Penny Sewell as well uh, from Oregon. He's young. He's he's got the tape. You know, he's got the production. He's got the attributes. This is really an easy pick. Offensive tackle most overrated is uh, Rashawn Slater. I I didn't think his tape was very good. Um, that was really the problem I had with him. You know, he really didn't have the tape to be as picked as high as people are projecting him. The most underrated is Stone Forsythe. Check his height. I mean, that's that's really what I see. I mean, he's got great height. I think he's got good tape. And so I'm going to go with Stone Forsythe from Florida. All right, I'm going to go with also as my best offensive tackle, Panay Sewell from Oregon. You know, his arm length kind of comes into the conversation a little bit, and I think that's the only thing that might hold him back. Because usually you talk about offensive tackles, they're like, you want your blind side protector to be with, to have 34-inch arms. He doesn't. But there have been some guys like Joe Staley and Joe Thomas that have succeeded. He's got incredible athleticism. He's a very good run blocker, and he's only 20 years old. So let him grow into that body, and I think the sky is the limit for this kid. As far as overrated offensive tackle, I'm going to go with James Hudson from Cincinnati. Early in the process, I was excited about him because I saw a guy that transferred from Michigan, had only one year of starting experience. I saw a lot of upside to his game. But on tape, I mean, this guy struggles. He's not as technically sound as you would want him to be. I mean, you see the athleticism, you see the quick feet, but then you see him overextending and getting beat with those inside moves. And then I saw the same thing at the Senior Bowl as well. So he is a project, and people are talking about him as a day-two pick, and I would just say, hold on there a second. I mean, this guy is going to take time to develop, and in my opinion, he's one of the more overrated players at the position. As far as underrated, I've been hyping this guy up a little. That's Larry Borum from Missouri. He's a right tackle. Some people project him as a guard. I see him as a right tackle because he's a smooth athlete. He's got nimble feet. As a junior, he took a huge step forward in his development. Against Alabama, he had a terrific game where he didn't allow any QB pressures. I mean, the guy was on point against the the best defense in the land. So Larry Borum is my most underrated offensive tackle on the board. My best offensive guard in this draft is Rashawn Slater. I don't see him as a tackle. I see him as a guard. I love his athleticism. I love his ability to get out to the second level. It will be a great, great, um, I think, all-around offensive guard inside. He's got the athleticism. He's got quick feet. I just have a problem when people are rating him as an offensive tackle. I think he's a guard. As far as most overrated offensive guard, I'm going to go with the Alabama, Deontay Brown. I saw like a PFF 
statistic where they said that he only gave up one sack during 2020. I don't believe that quite a bit because whenever I, I checked out his film, he's just giving up pressure after pressure in pass protection. I mean, the, the guy, if he's not giving up sacks, he's giving up pressures on almost every pass set. And that's a problem to me. I think Deontay Brown struggles with speed, speed rushers, and, and quickness. And I think, you know, his hand placement needs to be better as well. Uh, in terms of run blocking, I don't have a problem with that, but it's a passing league. And therefore, I believe he's one of the more overrated prospects in this draft period. As far as underrated, I'll go with Aaron Banks from Notre Dame, just because we hear about some top guards, whether you have Rashawn Slater as an offensive guard or Elijah Vera Tucker as an offensive guard, or you have Wyatt Davis, but... You know, Aaron Banks is never talked about in that same breath as the rest of these guys, and he deserves that. As a junior last year, he dominated on film on that very good Notre Dame offensive line. I just, I didn't see any hiccups. He's an all-around blocker. For my guard group, uh, I don't think this is a surprise. Wyatt Davis is my my best guard uh, from Ohio State. I mean, he can just absolutely plow people. You know, just the way he he, he uses his technique, um, the way he can sustain blocks. Um, you know, I think he's an absolute beast. So I'm going to go with Wyatt Davis, and he should be a first-round pick. Um, my most overrated is uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee. You know, I, I think from a tape standpoint, uh, you know, is very overrated. Uh, most underrated, I've got... Aaron Banks as well. I, with the, with the Aaron Banks pick, I, I couldn't agree more with your assessment. I think he is a guy who you know what should be a first round pick if 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 that's possible. You know he 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 may not be considered that you know basically by the league, but I I think he has that kind of traits. If you're gonna get this guy on day two, he he's gonna be excellent for you. Just you can plug him in, and you don't have to worry about him for the next eight to ten years. I just thought that. The, the film that I saw in 2019 and the film that I saw in 2020, Aaron Banks took a huge leap forward, almost like a Kyle Pitts. But Kyle Pitts is, is a pass catcher, so people are going to talk about him, and people never talk about offensive linemen in the same breath. It's like, do you know anyone that, that has like an offensive lineman jersey? I mean, usually you see like quarterbacks, running backs, right? Like cornerbacks, wide receivers. Like at a stadium... I've never seen anybody wear an offensive lineman jersey. Have you? You know what? To be honest with you, I did once. I, I went to the when I went to the draft. There was a fan who uh, had a Brandon Scherf jersey, and but I mean, it was a conversation starter between us about just how he he likes the big uglies up front, and we were talking about how you know they're so important to the game. So you're right. I mean, you know the the, the jerseys that sell are the quarterbacks. You know the the wide receivers. Maybe that defensive star. It's definitely not the offensive lineman. All right, let's go with centers. Uh, the kind of also the forgotten position, but that's usually the guy that is making all the line checks at the line of scrimmage. A guy who is quarterback's best friend. So let's go with uh, with that position. Well, I got a uh, center Creed Humphrey, and uh, this guy is a first round pick. And the only reason he's really a late first round pick is because of the position he plays. Um, this is a guy who's you know well respected by his teammates at Oklahoma. Good attributes on tape. Um, really has all of the all of the traits that you want uh, in a center. 
So my most overrated, I've got Trey Hill from Georgia. I, I think really just from an attributes and a tape standpoint, I was not impressed with Trey Hill's tape. I think he's considered, you know, a day one or day two pick by some, but I don't see it. Uh, most underrated, I've got Josh Myers from Ohio State. Uh, this is a guy who maybe might be more of a mid-round pick, but I think he I think he could be a good player. Um, obviously held it down um, as an Ohio State Buckeye. All right, I'm also going to go with Creed. I don't think it's a surprise here. He's got a wrestling background, and he just he knows how to sustain those blocks and uh, very strong at the point of attack. I think I love his first name, by the way. As far as most overrated, I'm going to go with Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Injuries. He's got a massive injury history that goes way back even to his Florida State days. And once again, he went down with a serious injury and wasn't able to participate, uh, you know, during the Senior Bowl as well. It It's a theme. I mean, if a guy can't stay healthy in college, there's no way in hell he's going to stay healthy at the next level. Plus, I think his pass blocking is only average. I think people are overrating him in that regard. He's a really good run, a run blocker, but um, I don't see it from a pass blocking perspective. As far as most underrated center from this draft, I'm going to go with Jimmy Morrissey from Pitt. I just love his movement skills, his ability to get to the second level. He's smart. He's tough. I think one of the centers that's been, um, that's just not being talked about enough. And to be honest with you, I have like a a third round grade on Jimmy Morris. He probably is not going to go that high just because of the position that he plays. But uh, I feel confident that he's a player that you can just plug in for for the next 10 years and you're going to be all right. And this is a guy you've interviewed personally as well. I have. I, I got a good feel for Jimmy, and yeah, I just that probably also tipped the scales a little bit in terms of, you know, I see it on film, but I also see the hard work and the passion that is in his voice, and he's he's going to be a good one for years to come. So move on to the defensive side of the ball. We've got defensive ends. Um my number one defensive end is a 4-3 guy, uh, Jalen Phillips from Miami. I understand there are some problems there, but, I mean, the tape I see is elite. His get-off is absolutely awesome. Um, I really like that. I think he's going to be quicker than the offensive lineman. Um, he's actually the guy I like more than his teammate who's being headlined by the big networks. Most overrated, I've got Gregory Rousseau, um, who I just mentioned, I would think about him like day two, but to be honest with you, I think he's overrated, you know, being considered a top 10, top 15 pick. Most underrated, I've got actually also Jalen Phillips, you know, the best player, you know, of that position group on that Miami team. Best player and underrated player. Uh, it's it's the same player. On I'll be honest with you. I don't like this defensive end class. I struggled to find my best defensive end. I mean, if I can start my rankings on the site from three when it comes to this position, I would. So I'm going to take a cop out here, Ed. I don't like this group. I I don't. And as far as Jalen Phillips is concerned, I see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. I understand that he could play both. But I just think because he's a good athlete, because of those explosive traits, uh, he projects to me as a 3-4 guy. And there are plenty of guys that some consider defensive ends that I consider 3-4 outside linebackers. But 
I guess Gregory Rousseau because of his upside, but he doesn't have the athletic traits. He doesn't have the quick first step. And he's only one-year producer at Miami. So is he going to be able to become that power defensive end? And there have been plenty of good ones in the league, but is he going to be able to to hold up and, and be that producer? I'm not sure. So again, a defensive end, I'm passing on this. I'm taking a mulligan. I'm saying none. As far as overrated, I wish I could put the entire defensive end class here. But we have to narrow it down to to one guy. So I'm going to say Jason Away from Penn State. To me, he's just an athlete playing the position. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. You see it on film. He's kind of a lost puppy. For a guy that's such a great athlete, should be able to, to beat and get around the edge and just beat that you know, left tackle or right tackle. You just don't see it. You know, He's got an inconsistent first step. He doesn't know the snap count. Just a completely boom or bust type of prospect. And I'm saying he's going to be a bust. As far as underrated defensive end, I'm going to go with Patrick Jones the second from Pitt. Another Pitt player. Uh, seems to be a theme here. Against the Florida Gators, but I'm on the on the Pitt bandwagon this year. I'm joining your <laughs> side, by the way. I'm, he's not going to be a big sack producer. I'm saying that right off the bat. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get seven or eight sacks a season. But what I like about his game is he's an all-around guy. He's strong at the point of attack. He's a good run defender. And he's got a nonstop motor and a very good bull rush. And I just think that those things combined, I know that we like to focus on the sack numbers, but Patrick Jones II is uh, an all-around defensive end. And that's why I think you're going to get a a very good player like in the third or fourth round. All right, Ed, let's get to uh, the defensive tackles. Let's focus on the interior. So my my best is uh, Davion Nixon. And this is a guy I really like. I mean, you know, he's projected by you as to be a late first round pick. But I, I see him, you know, as an excellent, excellent player. To be honest with you, if there's like one guy that I would take in the top 10 that no one's projecting to be in the top 10, it's this guy. Most overrated, I've got Christian Barmore. Um, I understand he's great from an athletic traits standpoint, but I don't see the production on tape um, from what I've seen, and that's why I got him as my most overrated. My most underrated, I've got Tyler Shelvin from uh, LSU. Uh, This is a big, bruising nose tackle um this is a guy who has the strength has the power has the technique so i'm gonna go with tyler shelvin ed and i are gonna flip here uh he has barmore as his most overrated guy i have christian barmore as the best defensive tackle in this draft the athletic traits he's only a redshirt sophomore he's got the upside and he dominated in the second half of the year um he was coming back from an injury and once he did that i mean once he was healthy he was just he was causing havoc behind the line of scrimmage. A guy that can disengage from blocks and collapse the pocket. I think he's one of the more talented Alabama defensive linemen to have come out in the past five or seven years. And that's saying a lot. They've been some really good players. I'm betting on upside here. As far as overrated, I'm Osa Adigizua from UCLA. I was burned by his brother before. I've mentioned that a couple of shows back and a lot of people are projecting him to go a lot higher, like in the third, fourth round. I think that's crazy. He's a tweener. He's not big enough. 
whether he's a defensive end or defensive tackle, I don't know where he can play. He's got good athleticism, but not much else. And I just think Adigi Zua is, uh, you know, certainly falls into this category. As far as most underrated player at defensive tackle, I'm going to go with Aleem McNeil from NC State. He's a nose tackle, but he's a guy that occupies double teams. He can disengage and, you know, certainly break down that double team. He collapses the pocket. He's not just a run defender. He causes havoc there. You know, he reminds me a lot of Kenny Clark, who's been a staple of that Green Bay Packers defense for for a while. And when I scouted the two players, they seem so familiar. And again, McNeil, to me, is a top 50 player in this draft. I don't know if he's going to go that high, but I just I love his game. Moving on to the linebacker group. For linebackers, uh, best, I've got Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. Uh, this guy is you know, probably one of the elite coverage linebackers. I think the part that really I like about him is they actually have him line up against slot receivers. Um, that says a lot about him as a linebacker and how they trust him. Most overrated, I got Micah Parsons. Um, it's not that I don't like Marco Parsons from an athletic standpoint. I just think his tape is kind of overrated to be a top 10 pick. Most underrated, and I do think he will be a top 10 pick. Most underrated, I've got uh, Derek Barnes from Purdue. This is just a guy who really had a great pro day and really tests well from an athletic standpoint. A guy who probably not a lot of people are looking at, uh, but I think this is kind of a little bit of a diamond in the rough. All right, so when we're talking about linebackers, we just combine. This could be inside linebacker or a 4-3 outside linebacker or a 3-4 outside linebacker. So we just went with the general description of linebacker. Talk about it. My best player is Aziz Ajulari from Georgia. I think he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. Again, a sophomore, tons of upside. This guy dominated on film. You know, this guy was able to get after the quarterback. He doesn't have a lot of pass rush moves at this point, displays only a couple of them, and he's got to come along with that. He's got to get better at that. But I just see a, a terror off the edge. He's got really long arms. He's got a, a nonstop motor and uh, a guy that can bend around the edge, can dip his shoulder. For a 3-4 team, I think the only argument that you can make is that this guy may be a little too short. He's about 6'2 and a half. But the long arms offset that. He's got like 34-inch arm, arm length out there. So, again, just like Barmore, I'm on the Ajolari bandwagon. As far as overrated, I've mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I decided to stick with this theme. I'm going to go with Jabril Cox. I just You could be a really good coverage linebacker, but you have to bring a little more than that. I realize it's a passing league, and I realize that Cox is a good pass coverage linebacker, but I mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago. This guy is soft. He's not physical by any means. He doesn't fill gaps. He overruns a lot of plays. He doesn't want to tackle anybody. So to me, some team is going to overdraft him because... They're going to look at him as a chess piece because of his speed and athleticism and his ability to cover tight ends and, uh, you know, possibly even slot receivers. But Jabril Cox from LSU just it doesn't wow me. 
as far as underrated, I'm going to go with Buddy Johnson from Texas A&M. He was the heart and soul of that Aggies defense for the past two years. And when the team needed him to make a big play, he always stepped up and made that play. So to me, he could be a 4-3 inside linebacker. He could be a 3-4 inside linebacker. He's got the athleticism. He's got sideline to sideline speed. I'm a fan, a big fan of of Buddy Johnson. All right, let's go with uh, cornerbacks. Cornerback, uh, my best is Patrick Sertain. I think from an athletic, from a tape standpoint, Patrick Sertain, you know, national champion with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, most overrated, I've got Caleb Farley. Um, this guy is considered like a top 10, top 15 pick. Um, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it on tape. I think he's got an injury issue. I don't I don't know why he's being picked in the top 15. Um, most underrated, I've got Tyson Campbell from Georgia. Um, this is a guy who has very good tape. Um, this is a guy who can stick with his man. Um, has the height, can play on the outside. So I'm going to go with Tyson Campbell as my most underrated. All right, my best corner, no surprise here. I've been hyping him up for for months. J.C. Horn from South Carolina, a much better athlete than people gave him credit for. Ran, you know, in the high four threes at his pro day. He erases guys on his side of the ball. Ultimately, he could be that. Jalen Ramsey or a Daryl Revis or a Patrick Peterson. The reason why I say he erases those pass catchers is because he follows them around. He follows that number one guy. He loves that challenge. He gets too handsy at times, but I love, again, I love his physicality. I love his ability to just play that press man coverage, and that's what he excels in, and it's really tough. And uh, that, that's the reason why I have him as the number one guy on my board. I agree with you with Caleb Farley. When I looked at this cornerback class, he is the most overrated corner because of where he's projected to go. He's got a lot of durability concerns. Um, they seem to have died off a little bit. His tests seem to check out okay during the medical, but just too many injury concerns. I think he's got average COD skills, those change of direction skills. He gives up a lot of space, maybe as a zone corner, an off-man coverage corner. I mean, I realize why teams are enamored with him because he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got that length. I get it, but as a player, he was so up and down at, at Virginia Tech. and I guess you're betting on his upside, and I'm not. As far as underrated player, I debated a couple of guys here, but I decided to go with a guy that is being projected down a little bit. I'm going to go with Elijah Molden from Washington. He's a slot corner. He's like a coach on the football field. He's really instinctive, very smart. You see that he knows where he belongs. Some people project him as a safety. I just think he's too small to play safety. To me, he's a nickel corner, and I think he's going to excel in that role in the NFL. All right, and who's your safety group? All right, I'm going to go with Trayvon Merrig as he's my best safety on the board, uh, TCU player. You know, he reminds me a lot of Justin Simmons. Simmons was able to get his hands on a lot of balls out there in the center field. And I just think Merrig is a similar type of player. As far as overrated, I'm going to go with Javon Holland. He's versatile, and he has good speed, and he has good athleticism. But to me, if you're a corner or a safety, you need to be instinctive. 
you need to be able to to predict plays, make plays, be out there, whether it's against the run or against the pass. He always seems to be like a step slow. In college, you, you're able to overcome that. It's not the NFL, but I think in the at the next level, he's going to struggle. He just doesn't process information as, as quickly as he would like. We talk about processing information as quarterbacks, but safeties have to be the, the smartest guys on the football field. I don't see it from him. As far as underrated player, I'm going to go with Talanoa Hufanga from USC. This guy's just a playmaker. He's kind of an old-school safety that fill the lanes, get get out there against the run. He's physical. He's he's a good tackler. Kind of reminds me of Troy Polamalu. You know, Polamalu is a Hall of Fame player. I get it. Hufanga is just, he's exciting, man. He's just, he flies around. He's really active. And I think in a role where he's kind of a, a box safety, he can excel in that regard. My safety group, I got uh, my number one is Paris Ford from Pittsburgh. Just a guy who has the traits, good player. Um, I'm not totally excited about the top end of the safety class, but I do like Paris Ford. Most overrated, I've got Richie Grant from uh, Central Florida. This is just a player that I think is probably going to get picked, you know, third or fourth round. I don't quite understand why. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. You know how he does in the NFL. Um, most underrated, I've got Caden Stearns from Texas. This is a guy who I think is maybe probably the best like kind of uh, center fielder in this draft. Um, so I'm going to go with Caden Stearns. All right, let's get to the questions. So we ran through the, the, the groups, the positional groups, the, the best overrated, most underrated guy. Now we've got some questions on tap. Uh, let me ask you this. Which team is most likely to trade up in the first round? I think the Patriots will trade up for Mac Jones. I I just I I think the fit is too perfect. The Patriots have been trying to trade up for a quarterback for a few years. I think this is finally the guy they do it for. Obviously, a lot of people believe Mac Jones is going to be off the board at number three, but um, Ed is in the minority on this opinion, and he believes Mac Jones that the 49ers will pass on him, and Mac Jones will be available. I agree with you as far as the Patriots. I I saw how aggressive they were in free agency and they need to make a splash i mean right now they've got do they have a quarterback on the roster i don't think they do i mean i realize they brought back cam newton i get it and they've got Jarrett stidham but uh god that's that's a tough proposition i think what belichick wants to give back to his winning ways and they have 10 picks i just think it's going to continue the, the patriots are going to be aggressive and they will trade up for one of those quarterbacks, whoever it's going to be. Which team do you think is, is most likely to trade down in the first round? I, I actually think the Atlanta Falcons could. I, I don't know. The idea of them taking Kyle Pitts seems so perfect. I, I, I don't know if they're quite ready to draft a quarterback yet. And I just see it an ability to take, you know, let's say they take the 10th pick and they get Kyle Pitts. I think that's a big win for them. And then they accumulate some picks. Uh, they have a lot of needs on their team. I think it's the Denver Broncos, Ed. Uh, I just think they need to get extra picks. And they've got a new general manager in George Patton who comes from the Vikings. I think ultimately they'll trade for Teddy Bridgewater during the draft. They're going to give up like a late round pick. But they need to accumulate picks. And once they realize that they're not going to get the quarterback at nine, and they won't, 
uh, you can always kind of stockpile, trade down, and pick up another position that you value. You know, maybe it's corner, maybe it's right tackle, but you can get those positions later on in the first round. So I would urge the Broncos to to trade down. Uh, let's get to some other questions. Who is the least likely player to live up to his pro day hype? Usually the question would be combine hype, but we didn't have the scouting combine this year, so... Give me your your top. Well, I remember guys. Jamar Chase got some hype, and um, you know this is a guy who I just I I don't know if he has it. I think he's a little bit stiff. Um, I don't know if he's the route runner and and maybe just the agile athlete that you need. So you know to be a top five pick. So I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase. How about you? Who are you gonna go with? I think everybody assumed that I was gonna pick on Jamar Chase during this show. It's the other way around. You're you're the one picking on him and in, in a lot of categories right here. He's probably going to just prove us wrong, Ed. I have a feeling he's going to prove us wrong. I'm going to go with Jason Away. I already mentioned him at the pro day. I mean, 6'5", 257 pounds, 39 and a half inch vertical. His 40 time was in the four threes. He's he's one of the big winners coming out of a pro day, but his game tape has a lot of question marks. I mean, he didn't have a sack this year. Didn't have a sack this year. and never really materialized into this big-time defensive end, defensive lineman at Penn State. He's going to be a huge disappointment for someone, but there will be plenty of teams lining up hoping that they can mold him, mold his athletic skills into becoming a good defensive end. How about most likely player to prove his doubters wrong? I got Zach Wilson. Does he have doubters at this point? Does he have doubters? Well, well, I've just I've just heard I'm a just... few I've heard a few rumors. One is is that like they say he's kind of arrogant and he's kind of a know-it-all and that you know he's got an uncle who's very successful and he's he's got a big head. I don't see that in him in his interviews. I see him actually kind of like a little more calm-headed, a little more cool than maybe like other, you know, other players like he's not like a Baker Mayfield with that kind of moxie, but I I, I think he I, I think he's being mischaracterized. The other thing is, is I think he can play against top competition. Um, you know, some people questioned, you know, whether, you know, the fact that BYU wasn't playing SEC teams every week um, that was another knock on him. I like Zach Wilson. I do. And I think the Jets are making the right pick at, at number two when they're going to get him. As far as my player, I'm going to go with Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame. For some reason, I mean, this guy is, is being talked about as like a day two pick. All right. Even if you feel like he is, he's not going to be your left tackle of the future because he doesn't have the the, requ- the requisite arm length. Maybe you don't even feel that he's going to be your right tackle, but you can move him to guard, and he's going to be excellent there. One of the better all-around offensive linemen in this draft, and to draft an, a lineman out of Notre Dame, it's a good bet that he's going to start and he's going to succeed for you in this league because Notre Dame has been turning out offensive linemen for, for a while now, especially under Brian Kelly. Like People are always telling me, like he can't do this, he can't do this. He's going to be a very good player in this league i want to find out who your next top three players that you would pound the table for these aren't the players that are on your on your best or most underrated lists who would you go to bat for well because i didn't put him on my overrated or underrated or best list i i would still go to bat for a guy like trevor lawrence um you know i i think that's a pretty obvious one 
you know, as far as uh, another guy that I like in the first round that, um, you know, I haven't mentioned yet is Levi Onwazuk-Reich. You know, he's a defensive tackle from Washington. I really like his traits. Um, I do think he's a very good uh, defensive tackle, and I do think he's a first-round grade. The the third, I, I also like Liam Eikenberg. Um, I really like his tape, and I, and I think, you know, he was a big part of that Notre Dame success blindside protector on a very good offensive line. All right, my top three, guys. I didn't want to go with, like, the obvious picks that are going to go in the top five or top ten. I like the quarterbacks there. I've already mentioned. I like Lawrence. I like Zach Wilson. I like Trey Lance. I've been on the Mac Jones bandwagon for a while. The only thing is I think the hype is getting too big at this point. My three players that I would pound the table for are guys that are going to be drafted a little bit later, most likely on day two, uh, round two. Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. Uh, he's kind of been the forgotten man, to be honest with you, because of the, the injury that he suffered. Once he comes back, I mean, this guy is, is an all-around tight end, and it's going to be a steal for somebody in round two. Another guy is Florida State cornerback, Asante Samuel Jr. Look, I don't care that he's small, that he's short. He doesn't have those, you know, the, he's not over six feet or over 200 pounds. His daddy was a ball hog in the NFL. And Asante Samuel Jr. had four picks this year, kind of trying to show that he's also got ball skills. He's got really quick feet, fluid hips. He's got good speed. He could play outside for a zone block, like a zone scheme. He could be very successful there or off man coverage. Uh, or he could be a very successful slot corner in this league. And I think Asante Samuel Jr., for some reason, isn't being talked about enough. To me, he's a top 32 player in this draft. And I would take him at the end of the first round. And another guy is Travis Etienne from Clemson. I'm trying not to overthink this because it's a passing league and you need a running back that will be able to be a threat coming out of the backfield. And Travis Etienne has turned into one of the best pass catchers at the college game. And he's going to be a mismatch nightmare. And Alvin Kamara is a very good comparison from that end. This guy's got acceleration for a 215-pound back. And again, as a receiver... He, he's going to beat those linebackers. He's going to beat those safeties. He's going to be a huge weapon for some team that that knows what to do with him. And um, so, again, Pat Fryermuth, Asante Samuel Jr., and Travis Etienne are the three players that I would go to bat for. Who is the most likely player to be considered a steal in three years? Well, there's a guy I think you could, who could get picked in, like in, the, in the end of the first round. And I understand there's so many tackles in this draft. But I like this guy, Samuel Cosme from Texas. Great, great pro day. Good tape. You know, was the left tackle for Sam Ellinger at the Texas Longhorns. I would say uh, this is a guy who I think is going to be a steal, Samuel Cosme. I like Sam Cosme. I, I really do. Again, another guy that's being underrated by a lot of people. I think he should be a first-round pick. He would be like an excellent fit with the Colts. I mean, their left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, just retired and uh, I'm a big fan of Sam Cosme I think I have him as my number two offensive tackle in this entire draft as far as my steal I'm gonna go with Quincy Roche he played at Temple he transferred to Miami uh, for his senior year this guy has 54 tackles for loss and 30 and a half sacks over his career production matters for edge rushers it does 
I realize people like to look at those athletic traits and then a guy has like two or three sacks and he's being taken somewhere on day two because teams believe that they can develop him. Take a guy that's been productive. Same thing with wide receivers. Take a wide receiver that's been productive, especially early. Quincy Roche, yes, he's 23 years old, but to me, he is the guy that I would take out of that Miami trio. And this guy's going to go somewhere on day two, most likely in the third round. He can get around the edge, bend around the edge. He can dip that shoulder. He's got a great bull rush. He, he's got a, a nice inside move. He makes a lot of plays, again, behind the line of scrimmage. Quincy Roche is, is one of those guys that I would look at for a 3-4 outside linebacker for those teams that run that 3-4 defense. And I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to give another player. I like Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. He's a defensive end. Maybe he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. I think he can fit a number of teams. He had 63 total tackles, 21 and a half tackles for loss, and 14 sacks in 2019. He's a great athlete, uh, very good athletic traits. He played well against North Dakota State and gave Dylan Radens fits. That's a guy that, that's being rated pretty high. I think Ellerson Smith is one of those small school gems to, to keep an eye on. How about this? A least likely player to live up to expectations in three years. This is probably going to surprise you a little bit who I'm going to pick, but I'm actually going to go with Chuba Hubbard um, from Oklahoma State. I, I just think, you know, with a lot of tread on him, this this might be kind of a pick who, uh, you know, is a quick fader in the NFL. And, you know, we've seen it happen a lot of times with the running backs. It's not fair, um, but it's what's happening. So you're telling me he's going to be out of the league in three years? I, I don't see it as much with him. He's I think he is a good running back, but... Um, you know, I, I almost think it's like if you lead the nation in rushing, it's almost like a curse. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like you spent yourself, you spent your glory days in college. Um, Ed, you wouldn't be saying this if this guy had over 2,000 yards another season when he was coming out. I mean, you like Jonathan Taylor last year, and he had a lot of carries. He had a lot of tread on his tires. To a certain degree, I do think he is an overrated from an attribute standpoint. I would say that too. Now that you've dug, I have to admit to that. Talked about Jamar Chase a couple of times, so why not go with him in this category? He's he's a top 10 player in this draft, according to many. I don't see that he will be a transcendent number one wide receiver for a team. Forget about like a top five wide receiver in the league. And if you're picking a guy in the top 10, that means you, you believe that he's going to be your number one target. I don't see it. I also would put Quiddy Pay in this category. If you turn on the film against Minnesota where he shined for the last 10 minutes of the game, he was bringing pressure. You got like back-to-back-to-back sacks in that game. But that's the only game he shined in this year. As a junior, again, you look at his athletic traits and you just believe that this guy is going to be a double-digit producer for you. He was never that at Michigan. And people are talking about him as the number one edge rusher in this draft. People are talking him up, talking him up as a top 15, top 20 player. I have Quiddy Pay rated, I think, as a late second-round pick. So that, that just tells you how highly I think of him. Uh, next question. The first player that you believe who will make the Pro Bowl from this draft class? I, I think it's no secret that I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's just going to have the receiving stats that are just going to jump out on the, off of paper. 
Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Pitts. Logic says you have to go with the quarterback because, I mean, quarterbacks have been winning the, the rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year award, and have been taking it home the, the past couple of years. So Logic would say we've got five quarterbacks in this draft and, you know, should go with like Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson because, or maybe whoever the 49ers pick. Or maybe Justin Fields, you know, just because everybody is doubting him in, in this situation. I'm going to go against that logic. I'm going to go back to the the dinosaur days when running backs were winning Rookie of the Years. I'm going to go with Javante Williams from UNC. He's going to get a chance to go to a team like on day two. They'll make him a feature back. And we saw Jonathan Taylor kind of gain steam as the season went along. I just think Javante Williams is, is going to be that guy. Again, low tread on his tires and a lot of potential. And I'm going to go with the running back in this category. If you had the first pick in this draft, you would Trevor take Lawrence. I who would, would be that player. Trevor Lawrence. I don't want to lose my job because I took Zach Wilson and I took the risk. I want to go with the safest pick. I want to go with the guy who dominated in college, the guy who has all the tools, the guy who you know has it upstairs. I mean, the guy who... You know, is 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 the prototypical physical specimen that teams want. The guy who was, you know, one of the top two picks, you know, one of the top two recruits in the country coming out. I'm gonna go with Trevor Lawrence. It makes all the sense in the world to go with him. You're kinda you're going against yourself, Ed. I mean you have Zach Wilson as your number one quarterback in this draft. So if you believe that, that means the answer should be Zach Wilson from BYU. I don't know. I just I just know myself, and I know if I got that kind of job, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I would go with the safest pick. I mean, I just you know, there's so there you know you don't want to miss in this draft, and I think there is there is a slight chance with Zach Wilson that you're gonna miss. I'm also gonna go with Trevor Lawrence just because I think the the stars are right, stars are aligning, and Urban Meyer is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and Trevor Lawrence falls into your lap. There's no way you're gonna you're gonna pass on him, even though you might be, you might like Justin Fields or you might like Zach Wilson, but you know that this guy has produced for three years at, at a major program, has won a national championship, has been in two national championships. So, how about the most likely player? And this is our last question of this show: Who is most likely to be considered the best player from this draft in three I'm gonna years? I'm with Zach Wilson. But, I mean, if you ask me who's the most likely to be the best player in the draft in three years, I'm going to say Zach Wilson. My most likely player to be the best player from this draft in three years, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts from Florida. I realize that some quarterback is is going to be a Hall of Famer from this draft class, and two of them are going to be really good if we look at past history. But there are not too many drafts where you can have a tight end and you could talk about him in such high terms. So I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Uh, I think he's going to revolutionize this position. I think he's going to be closer to a Tony Gonzalez or possibly um, a Shannon Sharp. And I think if you can get a player like that, you got to bang the table for him. There are not too many. And in that draft class when Calvin Johnson uh, was going, I had Calvin Johnson as my best player in that draft. So I'm not going to abandon myself. You don't get too many opportunities like this. In my opinion, you know, there's not going to be another tight end that comes along like this in the next 15 or 20 years. So I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts as my best player 
in this draft in three years. Thank you for listening to this episode of Blitzcast. Take care, everyone.